It's KKFN and KKFN HD1 Longmont Denver. The 5 o'clock whistle, powered by smart local union nine sheet metal workers. Yeah, we want to be in that huddle. We want to be up-tempo in that sense. We want to be able to get to the last scrimmage and, and uh, do all the things that we do, we're capable of doing and get to the right play at the right time, this and that. And so Coach Payton does a great job of getting us in and out. Uh, and Coach Lombardi as well. Uh, all the coaching staffs have, have has everybody on the same page. Um, on that and how we want to get to that. And then a lot of it is um, just seeing it, trusting it, and getting to the right call, I, you know, and um, all of us being on the same page. Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 is presented by Great Range Premium Bison. Andrew Mason will be here in about 10 minutes. Chad Brown, KJ, Drew, DMAC, your crew with you. To report that today was probably the best day for the offensive training camp. Chad, what did you see out there today? I saw Russell Wilson complete a deep pass and one on one to Jalen Virgil. I thought I saw him throw a great 50-50 ball to Corlin Sutton. Corlin Sutton got up and fought for the ball. My normal partner Nate Jackson's always talking about these receivers need some dog in them to go up and get the ball. Corlin Sutton showed that today. Russell Wilson looked off the defense, threw a nice pass to Adam Trotman, which was probably a play most fans in the stadium didn't think much of. But that's the kind of consistent quarterback play that you're going to need to be successful this season. Um, so I saw what you saw, the best practice that I've seen this year. What other takeaways did you have from today? Uh, Garrett Bowles holds a lot. Um, that was the first couple of plays of te- the Boy, first, that stood out to you, huh? The first, plays, first two plays of team period, he would have gotten flagged. The very first team period was a run-focused team period. He would have gotten flagged on both of those. Um, and then even in one-on-one pass rush, his technique is still awkward and, and lacking. So I'm not seeing a guy who's struggling with an ankle as much as I see a guy who's struggling with technique. Is it a reversion back to bad bullsy? Yeah, a lot of hands coming outside the shoulder pad instead of hands inside on the chest, hands out wide, grabbing behind the shoulder pads, not in grabbing in front. So uh, he's got to get things cleaned up. And, you know, as soon as I saw those two plays, then I looked on the field and I was like, well, there's no refs out there. There's no it, refs out there. And so that also speaks to another issue that I'm concerned about. Do you think guys are developing bad habits? That's my concern. Because mm-hmm. you're getting away with it and you don't get chewed out till five or six hours later when you're watching tape. Mm-hmm. Rather, rather than a flag being thrown on you right then, you got to go back to the huddle and all your teammates are looking at you like, dude, we that was a great play. You screwed it up. Right. So without the immediate reward or punishment like you're a dog or something how do you actually how does it actually sink in okay um overall though overall yeah i've seen three days of practice um basically the middle of the week last two weeks ago last week and this week and i'd have to say by far clearly the best practice from the offensive standpoint from players knowing their assignments standpoint um and particularly from a Russell Wilson ease and comfort operating this offense standpoint. What about Russ looks a little bit different and it's translating to being better? (sighs) The ability to look off a receiver is critical for it to be an upper-level quarterback. But you can't do that until you really know the offense because you're afraid to look away because you're not sure exactly where that guy is supposed to be, where he's going to be. But once you have the visual of the play mapped out in your head, yes, I can stare at the receiver at the right side of the field to bring the safety and linebackers over, knowing full well I'm going to go back to my left. But me and Adam Troutman, in this case, have gotten such a connection through the required number of reps 
I know where he's going to be. So I don't need to stare at him the whole time. I can look right, beat, beat, another beat, flash to my left, completed pass, moving the chains, first down. Is Troutman the best tight end out there? He is the most complete tight end. and Period. Uh, yes, period. He's your guy. He's Without a doubt, he's the most complete. I think Dulcich has a much higher uh, standard as a receiver in the future in front of him. Um, but right now, Troutman is the guy. Um, Albert O laid the wood to Jermaine or maybe Marlon Jackson and uh, Marcus Haynes. Marcus Haynes, not far the Jackson's family, not Marlon Jackson, not the, not the, the third Jackson Tito. brother. No, no, because Jackie, Jermaine, go, Tito, go. Michael, yes. and Marlon's the one under Michael. <laughs> and then Randy, I think Randy's the baby. Don't forget Randy, right? And then you got Janet, yes, and Latoya, okay, Reba. Holy cow, I forgot about Reba. Yes. I just, I, I whiffed she on her. She had this hit song, I think it was Centipede is what that was. And don't you play it, KJ. Holy cow. <laughs> Reba Jackson was Centipede? Yeah, that was oh, a hit song. The roller ring must have been on fire that night. <laughs> okay, so Russ is improving, although he won't admit things were ever bad, but okay. You know, things are clicking, things are good. Mm-hmm. Um, where are the Denver Broncos? See, it's weird because there is one more day of training camp. Uh, although Zach By won't be there, <laughs> he's playing golf or something about he has to do something now so his wife can see him on the weekend. He can't go watch golf this weekend, yeah, because he's got to be with his wife. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. going to miss work tomorrow right. to watch golf because. But he has a job that's over by three p.m. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get going while training camp starts at 10 a.m., so I guess we're we're in overtime, I guess. Have you been a, a spectator at a golf event? I have. There's usually uh, some refreshments that are served. <laughs> what are you implying? I'm just saying. I, I've been to the uh, Waste Management Open in Phoenix, which is like the biggest outdoor party I've ever been to. That is a bananas event. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've never been, I, I if you never been, if you only want to go to one golf tournament in your entire life, that is the one you have to do. Not the Masters. No, because no. the Masters is not an outdoor party. That thing, the, the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, is an outdoor party. When um, when you look at the Broncos today from where they were at the start of training camp, what would you say? The process there is you go. paying off. Mike Evans. The process is getting them to where they are now. The process is getting Russell Wilson comfortable in this offense. The process is creating the connections between him and his receiver. So uh, I am encouraged. Because uh, I, I kept saying, you know, I, I can't throw this team under the bus. I need to see more. Th- I need more time to see things pa- pan out. Well, as time has gone on, they are panning out. The Sean Payton progression of learning, the Sean Payton progression of practice is all paying off in a positive way. Our analysis of training camp 2023 is presented by Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. Is the biggest problem with the Denver Broncos right now, today, the offensive line? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so. Um, Revolving door at right tackle today. You couldn't mm-hmm. keep track. It was one guy after another, and then yesterday was another dude, and who knows what tomorrow presents. Like, Cam Fleming was playing right tackle. I, I just thought Cam would just be back out there, but no, that wasn't the case. Even if Russ is... Dudes. Bigger issue than kicker. Yeah. I asked yeah. about kicker today. Uh, Kowika, I think that's how you say it. Kawika, Kawika. Seems like a good dude. I just don't know how to say his last name correctly. Special teams coach. I asked him about the yips with kickers. Mm-hmm. Do kick, and he goes, yeah, you could have yips. Mm-hmm. Sure. It can happen. 
And I say, well, how do you build confidence? He goes, you just got to keep at it. You just got to keep putting me in the situation mm-hmm. and practice the most you can. And and it is true. Uh, Maher hit a 59-yarder with a room to spare at the end of a two-minute drill yesterday. They didn't get a pressure situation really today. And another 52-yarder. The other guy there, what's his face? Um, help me. Who's the other kicker? The one that got cut? Yeah, Fry. Yeah. He got hurt, mm-hmm. so that's why he's out there. Right. But you're asking what the bigger problem is? That's a sneaky question because there is nothing that would tell you Maher is a problem during practice. In fact, just the opposite. It's a prime time issue. Yeah. And you can only talk about a guy who needs a game. Mm-hmm. That's one dude who I'm not, I'm taking that seriously. Okay, good. Ain't no doubt about good. that. Because right, you cannot, the guy has proven whatever pressure is put on him during training camp and practice, no big deal. He can handle it. There's a different pressure in a real game, mm-hmm. and that's what we don't know about that dude. So the bigger question isn't like the kicker or offensive line. It's In my opinion, it's the offensive line. The, the biggest wild card. The biggest like roll of the dice is is kicker. This is different because we can see what the problems are with offensive line in practice, right? Right. It, yeah. It's it's not like a game issue. It's a it's a it shows up in practice as well. In fact, right tackle is so bad when Russell Wilson did his offensive total team shout out. I forgot about that. He listed Mike McGlinchey and didn't he talk did. about any of the backups at right tackle at all. He did not. He didn't mention one. Did say Quinn Miners weighs like three hundred and forty five pounds. It's all muscle. It's clearly not true. No, his nickname is the Belly, <laughs> and he he shows. It's like Ross. I mean, you can have some fun with some of the guys. Yeah, yeah, and now okay. What's the problem with the offensive line, though? <laughs> Just real quick, back yeah. to the, the Russ thing. Okay, he praised Lloyd Cushenberry's smarts. Which is, what do you say? Which is a backwards insult. <laughs> what are you talking about? If you lead off with a football player's smarts, and this guy's not playing quarterback, it's never a good sign, man. It is never a good sign. Do you want a smart center? Absolutely, you do. Does a smart center allow your offense to operate in ways that it couldn't if you didn't have that guy? It does. So there's a lot to be said for having a smart guy playing center. But when you play NFL center. And they praise you by saying how smart you are. There's a reason why they're choosing that word and not physical or tough or road grader or a man among men or all the other various things you could say about an offensive lineman. What are the biggest problems that the offensive line is going to have to overcome here? (sighs) (laughs) The tackles are going to be protection issues. So See, Here's what my concern is, too, with McGlinchey. Yeah. He probably needs this time. He does. Well, no, I don't think he needs it because... Okay, really? He's, he's pretty much is what he is. The McGlinchey that I've seen in training camp is the same guy I saw in San Francisco. Um, so we did one-on-one pass rush almost every single day, even though it was a spring. And those five first-rounders in that room, not all of them were rushed against McGlinchey, but they certainly won a majority of their battles, and the guys who were edge guys won a majority of their battles against McGlinchey. Pass protection is not his strong suit. So he's not, all the reps in the world is not going to turn him into Jonathan Ogden. He's still going to be a run-first offensive tackle, so it's going to be up to Sean Payton 
and Lombardi as the play caller and coordinator to be able to make sure those tackles are as free, as as few and far between facing third and twelves as they possibly can. What's the weakest link on the offensive line right now? Right now, it's right tackle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Projectable weakest link. Uh, if McGlinchey comes back. Or is it a combination sort of a rhythm thing with everybody together? I, think, I, I don't want to throw one guy necessarily. Uh, if it's if McGlinchey comes back and he's healthy and able to go, I think it's going to end up being Lloyd Cushenberry is the weakest link on that offensive yeah, but line. he's the smartest guy out there. Right, which is why that's not really the compliment people think it is. Okay. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> All right, cool. Well, it's it's not it's cool and not cool. There were a lot. Of, there were so many good moments today. So uh, I don't want to you know bum anybody out. I'm not trying to at all. It was actually really really positive. So positive that the crowd out there was was appreciative in terms of. I, the, 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 I think the team all recognized it today, and like when Sean Payton got them all together. It was just kind of a, a good sort of moment. Like, the whole team came together. The crowd was out there. Like, I think you really saw something pretty cool if you were a fan out there today. I think if I – I would say if if I want to have the most encouraging day as a Denver Broncos fan out of all the days in training camp, I think you should be most satisfied about today more than any other day. And that encouraging feeling that the fans felt, the players should feel that as well. Yes, It, yes, it yes. is a good feeling to walk into the locker room feeling good about your personal practice, about the team practice, and go, okay. Now, of course, the challenge is in. you got to repeat this, and you got to do it again, you got to do it again, you got to do it again. You can't be so busy patting yourself on the back that you break your arm. Work still has to be done, but it's a great feeling to walk into that locker room like, that was a good one today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even defensively, we can go, yeah, Yeah. offense, you guys brought it. That was good. Yeah. You know who brings it, though, every day? It doesn't matter. There are no good or bad days. Actually, it's only good days. What am I How talking about? How are you, about? fellas? It's fantastic, mate. It's good. All that much better because you're here. I can't wait to hear what you were writing about because it's just, I mean, you're just, uh, just, uh, just I'm, I'm not. I'm actually just about to finish. As soon as I end this segment, I'll finish a story on Am Troutman. Troutman. Let's Topic talk, of the day. talk about our guy, Troutman. <laughs> Richie goes to me. Um, out there, he goes. Ugh, I wonder if he would have caught that ball if you know he was going to get hit. I was like, eh, "That's a good question. I'll ask you." you asked it. <laughs> I said, "Do you still think you make that catch if somebody was going to knock your block off there? Because when you make a one-handed catch in the end zone between three fellas, mm. you are so unprotected. No doubt. I mean, and, and you, you are in the middle of the field. You're reaching out. Holy cow! Are you about to get? The wood delivered. And is it fair to say you wonder what the outcome would have been if the Broncos had their top safeties out there at that moment, too? It's a fair question. But that was a pretty small window that yeah. that ball was It was in. tight. Yeah, like, that was a good throw from Russ. It was right in the only spot it could have been. And, you know, the, there's the phrase that came up today from Joe Lombardi, offensive coordinator, about Troutman being QB friendly. And there are a lot of things that go into that. But one of them is if the quarterback can trust you to make that play in tight coverage to a small window. We go back to the second day of open to fans portion of training camp when you recall Wilson trying to find Greg Dulcich down the seam and Justin Simmons is right there step for step. It's a tight Mm -hmm. window. And Dulcich can't come down with it. Simmons gets a hand on it. Stearns makes a diving interception. Uh, 
Now, obviously, the personnel is different, but it's still a very narrow window into which Russell Wilson was targeting Troutman, and he came down with it. He made the one-handed grab, made the play. His answer to my question was, uh, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was fun and funny, and he seems like a, a pretty nice dude who we just haven't known a lot about. But Sean Payton knows a lot about him, doesn't he? We drafted him. Trade up to draft him. Mm. And then this year, trade for him again, albeit uh, involving an exchange of picks in the later rounds. Why haven't we heard more about this guy in the NFL? Okay. We'll just take a step into the way back machine here. Um, He was a standout during Senior Bowl week in 2020. He came out of the University of Dayton, which isn't just FCS, but that's there's a level of FCS that's non-scholarship, right? The Flyers are that for football? Yes. Okay. So you're talking about a pretty massive level jump. He had a very good season at Dayton. He caught 14 touchdowns his senior year back in 2019. I thought it made a very nice acquittal of himself at the Senior Bowl the following uh, January. So that being said, this is a player who was probably going to need a little longer runway than most in order to be ready. And tight end is a position that takes some time for a lot of guys anyway because it's effectively three positions, right? It's pass catcher, run blocker, pass protector. All are involved with playing tight end. And it's a reason why huge standout seasons as rookies from tight ends are rare. Usually it takes two or three years. And the other thing in New Orleans is he kind of got pigeonholed as a blocker, even Mm. though when he was going through the draft process, the general consensus was this is more of a pass-catching tight end than a blocking tight end. But he got kind of thrust into a role that got him playing time, but maybe didn't necessarily suit his skill set optimally. Have you been surprised by this guy? No. uh, I knew because of his time in New Orleans, that there was a complete skill set there. You know, was there still room for him to grow in, in all skill sets? Yes. But of all the tight ends on the roster going to training camp, he was the one who clearly had the most complete skill set. You know, it's so fascinating, as you laid out very skillfully. Appreciate it. Thank you. He's a Sean Payton guy. Yeah. Dulcich is a... George Payton guy. George Payton guy. I don't know who Albert O is. I mean, you know. Drew Locke, John Elway. Yeah, so he's really Mace, like... Did you see the the block from Albert O that had uh, D-Mac uh, breathless uh, yeah. over here? Got Marcus Haynes on the ground. I thought it was Jermaine Stewart. <laughs> Marcus Jermaine Haynes? Jermaine Jackson? No, no, I'm confused with who it was. Yes. It was. I thought it was 52. That he Marcus I'm totally it, joking. It, it was Marcus Haynes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a different joke we got going. Right. Um, I, I missed that. So that no, now, okay. Right funny. over my head. Did it you, wasn't funny in the first place. Are you willing to give Alberto credit as the crowd oohed and odd, or did you think Marcus Haynes got himself in bad position and Alberto was ta- able to take advantage of that? Is that a replicable block from Alberto? Is that something you would expect to see again? As Zach By might say, two things can be true at the same time. Okay. So could Haynes have done that better? Yes, but I think you also need to give credit for, to Alberto for capitalizing. A lot of success in this sport is capitalizing on an opponent with a, miss, with a misstep, weak spot, whatever. You know what probably was more significant than the actual hit? Because maybe he slipped or it wasn't that big of a deal. Whatever. How about the reaction from the teammates? Yeah, yeah. they loved it. They mm-hmm. were pumped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they were happy for him. They're, root, okay, they're rooting okay. for Albert. All right, let me ask you a tricky question. I always thought when I was at a high school basketball game and the crowd would keep chanting for the kid to go into the game. And, oh, yeah, the guy off the, whoever, the end, of, end of the bench. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Right? You know? Put in Timmy. Put in Timmy. And, yeah. you know, there's Timmy, and it's a varsity game. And then it's like, hey, man, shut up. I mean, <laughs> I mean what, how do you think that's making Timmy feel? Well, then, Timmy goes in the game, and everyone goes, oh, my God, it's Timmy. Well, my favorite story of that ilk is um, the longtime Missouri basketball coach, Norm Stewart. The, the fans were chanting, like, for the last player on the bench, you know, we want yeah. this guy. Yeah, right, right, right. And so Norm sends the player around the court to the other side of the stands where they're chanting his name. Yeah. And and the kid says, hey, uh, Norm sent, said uh, that you guys wanted me, so he sent me over <laughs> here to see what you wanted me for. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so it's, it's a compliment to yes. a degree. But is it also, is it a backhanded compliment, Chad? No, I think his teammates were genuine in their excitement for him to do that. But that excitement stems from the fact that he has not done that kind of thing Correct. before. Right. Is the reaction like that and he, has he, if he'd been more consistent? If he was a regular road grader, they would expect that all the time. That right. Would be, so it would not be praiseworthy. It is praiseworthy only because it's a unicorn for So Alvaro. if Chris Manhurts does that, does anybody care? Nope. No. Because that's just what he does. does. Right. But the thing with Albert O, it's like, okay— but if Chris He's Manners got, yeah. if Chris Manners catches a fifty yard touchdown, yeah, uh, everybody probably goes bananas, and nobody really bats an eye with Albert O. Exactly because it's the part of his skill set that isn't the same as the other part, the other aspect of it, right? I mean, and I think also everybody in that locker room knows that downfield Albert O is dynamic, and he's made some plays this Dude, week. He made some plays today. Yes, he's this is he's actually in terms of pass catching. The last couple of days have been really good for him. It's a triple. And he's still getting reps, catching passes from Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that the depth chart says number five, but he's still getting those opportunities with Russ, and Russ is finding him. Yeah, when Albert O does make a play, fellas, it's like 40-yard play. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're banging your head against the uh, the goalpost. It's one of those. Troutman does make a lot of mid-range 12-yard, tough catches, and he catches the ball all over the field. But when Albert O makes a play, dude, guys, it's a big play almost every single time. Dulcich is kind of the same, too. Troutman is just more of the a very reliable workhorse, and Manhurst just looks like he wants to hit somebody all the time. Trout- so what do you do with that? Troutman is the guy who, who needs – you need the consistency – the forty so yard, about it. the forty yard play versus the twelve yard play. What's a higher ratio of success? Am I talking about the, play? Am I talking about the trend in holiday of tight ends right now? Uh, you're yeah, you're you're putting too much shine on a very low percentage aspect of his game versus the every play effect that becoming a better blocker would have. I mean, we all love it when a big defensive lineman picks up a fumble. It's awesome. It's fun. Everybody cheers. The whole sideline goes crazy. But it would be far better if a defensive back picked it up and scored a touchdown with it. I just have so many memories of of, um, Julius Thomas ruining the defense, though, and making catch after catch after Mm -hmm. catch after catch. And he couldn't block either. Now... Peyton Manning was throwing him all those footballs. It, it, you could send him out on a route. You weren't asking him to, to chip because Peyton's getting the ball out so fast that you're effectively neutralizing the edges anyway, and you're not having to keep the tight end in there. So is a player like 
Julius Thomas or perhaps Alberto, his abilities mitigated because he doesn't have that type of quarterback. It's yes. not like it's, yeah. it's, it's, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that is true. So he would. So Alberto would be a star with fill in the blank quarterback. Yeah, he would. Okay, if Tampa Bay had drafted Alberto instead of Denver, Tampa Bay with Tom Brady for those three years, even though they had Gronk, they would have found ways to get Alberto out there, and it would have suited him. It's tough. Fair. It's tough with Russ, though. Yeah. Because yeah. really, how many opportunities are even going to happen during a game? Wow, that is rough. I'm just thinking about it as a player. Like, I am good enough. I can play at this level. But my skill set with this team just isn't the right mix. A lot of success That's is right. Pl- a lot of success in this league is right place, right time, and mm-hmm. things that are beyond your control. Unfortunately, I mean, a lot of it's within your control, but some of it is beyond your control. All right, Mays, uh, stick around. I got a split, unfortunately. You got a split. Yeah. No. Oh my God. Well, uh, the last final thoughts. You got a split. Um, best day of Broncos practice uh, for the offense. Although I'm still concerned about the protection, it wasn't a good day for Bolsey. Mm, well, it's, you saw the same things. What's I going on with the ref situation? That's a story. That officially is a story right now. In my mind, it's a story. It's not written anywhere. But like, why aren't there refs out there? It's a good question. Because at this point now, it, it would, in past years, it'd be just the guys that worked locally, right? That you. That's right. In. Yes. But at least it would it would manage something. It sounds like something that you should ask Sean Payton tomorrow. Oh, it's got to be me. I gotta. I mean, I will. thought of it. Oh, that's true. It's my yeah. damn story. Thank you, Mays. And what are you writing? Amdrama. It's going to be up shortly. DenverSports.com. Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 is presented by Great Range Premium Bison. Chad, uh, how many times were you at Lahaina in Maui? I have been on Lahaina uh, walking that boardwalk, uh, gosh, I don't know, eight, ten times. Wow. Yeah. I was lucky enough, very touristy, to do the old Lahaina Luau, which mm-hmm. is a very popular, yes. again, touristy sort of thing to do. I just followed the crowd there in uh, Maui. I was at Maui twice. In fact, on my honeymoon, we went to um, Honolulu, Maui, and Kauai, the Big Island. Mm-hmm. Big Island's a little sleepy. Um, Maui, I felt, had it all. Had it all. And one of the more fun sort of touristy but really fun, beautiful places was Lahaina, which is like kind of a busier sort of town in uh, in Maui. Mm-hmm. And you can get away from it all in Maui, too. I was lucky to be there twice. In fact, the second time we went back on our 10-year anniversary, Chad, we just went to Maui. We didn't bother going to anything else because we're like, this Smart. is it. Yep. This is the place to be. We just returned back there to see what's going on in Lahaina on Front Street and, and that whole area. Mind-boggling, mm-hmm. right? Cannot believe it. Um, so we have started a fundraiser, our company, Bonneville, to, to help out and encourage you to head to denversports.com. At the top of the page, you'll see a link to Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund. 100% of donations go to the Hawaii Community Foundation serving Maui. Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund. That is at denversports.com. 2023 Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. Presents The Drive. KJ, bro, did you see that uh, on the RamosLaw.com text line? Somebody was giving you credit for Elvis because, unbeknownst to me, and we might have to fact check this. Actually, do you know what is. Maybe I shouldn't give you credit. But if you do know this, it'd be amazing. Do you know why it mattered playing Elvis today? 
Not that I dislike Boston. That's awesome. But do you know why that was significant today? Well, D-Mac. Yes, kid. If you must know, mm-hmm. today is the day that Elvis, uh, he outperformed his first concert. Oh, you were so close. You were so close. He died today. <laughs> 46 years ago. Uh, there you go. That's, that's, <laughs> hey, you know? You were so close, Chad. He was right there. Wait, I, I, so I, I thought he had it. Well, because he, he, Elvis <laughs> did something happen on this day. And then through your mind, it's like, well, he was born. He died. Or he played a show. Imagine saying he died and then he didn't die. That's where I was at. <laughs> I don't know. You got to fact check that. I don't know if that's even true. It's true. Or not. It it's is true. true. Yes. Just looked it up. Yes. He was 42 years old. Today in history, God, August 16th. Is that 16th, it? Elvis Presley dies at 42. Elvis was only 42. I was in Canada Holy when this cow. news came out. And my uh, Uncle talking? Jan. What were you, like nine? I was pretty young. Yeah. Um, and uh, my Uncle Jan's son. Uh, ended up playing in the uh, NHL for a long time. The hell were you doing in Canada? Nine years of age. Is it my Uncle Jan? Uncle Jan? What part of Canada? You say Canada as if it's like one town. Toronto. Okay. Yes. Well, it's a big place up yeah. there. Sorry. Props to Kale McCarr. Just throw it in there. Cover boy of uh, NHL, you know, video game 2024. Right? Is there an NHL uh-huh. jinx like the Madden jinx? I don't, Should we be concerned? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. But I saw the teaser video. This was too funny. There's two really funny things. I got to give Matt Smith credit. Because Matt Smith, you just got to understand something about our pal Matt Smith, who loves the Buffaloes, but he hates Andre Burakovsky. Do not ask me specifically why he hates Burakovsky, but he freaking hates Burakovsky. On the teaser video for the game, first of all, they filmed part of it at Family Sports. Can you believe they did that? That's bananas. I mean, I saw it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Of all the places to pick to film something, really? But they can't lay down the ice at uh, at Ball Arena just for a promo shoot. Right. So family sports gets get some shine. I think the Ball Arena ice is already down, actually. Oh, of course it is. They melted it yeah. you know, a long time no, ago. No, no, no. I think they've already laid the ice. I, I swear I saw what? a video like a week ago where there was like. They were painting it, the ice. They had, you know, like season At Ball over. Arena? I'm pretty sure. Well, rookie, we just got an email about rookie camp getting going here uh-huh. in a couple weeks. I'm excited. Come on, Avalanche. Let's go. I'm ready for that. Then they have like a three day training camp. And then the season starts, Chad. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite three days, but it's two Feels weeks. Feels like it, right. It's like two weeks. I think they might play five exhibition games, and uh, away we go. How about like when NBA basketball teams go to Hawaii for their training camp? How about that? Yes. Well, Michael Malone is great about this. Michael Malone gives the Cronkies crap about they don't have a facility big enough for training camp. That's why they go to San Diego. Oh. He literally says that. Well, that is... Uh, it's feeling yourself a little bit, right? Feeling good about himself. You're giving, giving your billionaire owner a, a little bit of crap about facilities? You have some skins on the wall. You feel good about saying things like that. As long as we're down this alley, there was an interesting development over the past couple of days. Okay. Jamal Murray decided to tap out and not play for Team Canada in the uh, World Basketball Championships. He was training with them and looked like he was going to go. But he said in light of uh, his body and his conditioning and all that, and, and I, I don't know if you guys caught where they're having the World Basketball Championships. It's all like in the Philippines and Asia and over there. So it's there's a, you know, there's that too. You're mm-hmm. playing, you know, competitive games and you're on the other side of the world and all that. So he tapped out. What do you think of that? What do you think of that decision? 
Uh, focus on the regular season. Yeah. Focus on, you know, where, you your, br- out too. where your bread is actually buttered. Aaron Gordon could easily play for the United States team. They would love to have Aaron Gordon. He's out watching horse racing with Jokic. And considering how long the basketball playoffs are versus some of these other guys who weren't going as deep in the playoffs as the Nuggets players were, I could see them saying, you know what? Yeah, it's cool. You do that, bro. I played an extra three months of basketball. Drew, you must love that he tapped out. I'm going to guess that you think it's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. KJ, 100% the right move. KJ, you good with him tapping out? Yeah, it's in his best interest, especially if the Nuggets plan on repeating next year. Okay. So everybody's feeling pretty good about it here. Hopefully that's in their plans. Yeah, because nobody really gives a crap how the national Canadian team does in anything. <laughs> Except for hockey. I don't give a crap how well, the national Canadian. But Canadians do. Well, are we Canadian? No. Raise, raise your hand around here if you're a Canadian. Yeah, Orlando's not here, is he? No. No. Yeah. A, that's right. It'd be a different story. Story. A boot. <laughs> Organization. Process. <laughs> so good for Jamal Murray. I'm sure that was a, uh, that had to be a tough decision considering he was with the team, training with them. I'm sure some national pride kicks in. You're Canada. You know, you want to feel good about whatever you can. <laughs> I don't even know what that. They don't have things to feel good about up there. It's a short list. It's uh, you know hockey, Tim Hortons, Justin Bieber, and maybe the Canadian basketball team. Okay, Nickelback. Yeah, you always throw in Nickelback. You you really love. I mean, you could, there's a lot of other Canadian bands out there, bro. I mean, are there though? You could say Rush. Eh. You like Nickelback though? I, I prefer Nickelback. You over just Rush. W- yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. Well, it's an age thing too. What is the right age to like Nickelback more than Rush? I don't know. Nickelback gets a bad rap. Bare naked ladies. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. Arcade Fire. Are you just looking at a list of Canadian rock bands? I am. Well, you should keep going. Cowboy Junkies. April Wine. Mm-hmm. Triumph. Metric. Skinny Puppy. <laughs> Lover Boy. I'm tapped out. What am I supposed to? Lincoln Tech. Is that right? Brian oh, that's set. There we go. Avril Lavigne. Joni Mitchell. Are you, oh, you keep going. Brian Adams. Okay. Michael Bublé. Drake. The Weeknd. Just tell me when you're done. I'm done. Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 is brought to you by Lincoln Katie Tech. Lang. <laughs> I had to. I had to. This is, this is, the, this is the drive on the fan. <laughs> Tonight is Wednesday. You're not sure. What do I do with this? These midweek blues. But somewhere the wild is calling you. And when you get home and perhaps Zach buy it up, you just turn over to that speaker and you say, I'm not going for boring. Not tonight. Tonight, I need to be turned loose with Loverboy. Chops. That was fantastic. How do you like amazing. those DJ chops? That was amazing. Oh, I can see you guys tried that. Wow. That was so awesome. You knew exactly how long. I know. I didn't know exactly how long. But you sensed it. That's right, buddy. Yeah. You know why? Because you got skills, bro. Nah, because I... 
was that the chorus? Yeah. That'd have been a lot better if it was the chorus. By the way, if you want to just talk about cheesy Canadian rock, no, keep it here, keep it here. You don't get better than Loverboy right here on the fan. Again, poor singing, just get to the chorus. All right, I'm really just good with the walk-ups, Chad. I can't, I can't speak. Woo! You slayed it, man. Are you kidding me? Mississauga, tonight we Vancouver, Moose Jaw, <laughs> Halifax. <laughs> What's happening in Saskatchewan? <laughs> All right. Canada is like a, like a, it's like an Etch-A-Sketch when you shake it. Everybody just goes to the bottom. It's cold up top. Well, it's like 90% of the, the population lives like 10 miles from the United States border. Yeah. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, I got to do this. Okay, I'll get to it. Lincoln Tech. I love Lincoln Tech. Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 presented by Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. A reminder, if you're thinking about it tonight, I hope you do. Go to denversports.com. At the top of the page, you see a link to Bonneville, Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund. 100% of the donations go to the Hawaii Community Foundation serving Maui. That's Bonneville, Maui, Strong, Fire Relief Fund at denversports.com. And again, just to remind you, our analysis of Training Camp 2023 it is presented by our great friends at Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. Cecil likes to, is Cecil tonight, right? Cecil, tonight? Cecil loves yelling at people, Chad. Have you, have you heard that with Cecil? Yes, I'm quite familiar. I think he starts off relatively calm, and then it just, he just, you know, is on by himself. Yeah. When you're on by yourself, you just, you just get wound up. Is that what happens? Kind of. He's getting wound up, well, you're, you're, you're arguing with himself, <laughs> debating with himself. You're, you're like in a in an institution, banging your head against the bed, <laughs> bed wall. Because like I'm just talking to myself over and over and over again. So you know, eventually uh, he just the damn bursts and right. he goes after somebody. Who okay. who do you think? It's just a game. I don't know if Cease is even here. Is he here? Who do you think he'd be yelling at today? Mm. Who's worthy of yelling? Yeah, to be upset with today. Who's like... Is all his yelling upsetness, or is it sometimes positive yelling? Sometimes it's positive yelling. I think today's going to be positive it's, it's like an I told you so sort of yelling. I think that probably will be more where it's I today. told you that, you know, whatever. Yes, the process would yield results today. Process and results. Sean Payton, Russell Wilson... Coming together, it took time. Now he's doing X, Y, and Z. He yeah. does think um, uh, Drew Sanders is equivalent or possibly equivalent to Micah Parsons. No, that's just not the case. Oh, you should go on about that because then he can yell at you. Micah Parsons is literally a a all time potential defender. Uh, Drew Sanders is as athletic and is impressive, but I'm not seeing any all timerness to him just yet. VJ sort of leaned, and um, you ain't seen nothing yet when it comes to Drew Sanders. Like we're gonna see. Sp- Special things out of Drew Sanders. As as a guy who, you know, played inside linebacker, outside linebacker, blitz through the middle, blitz on the edge, there certainly is a, a very intriguing chess piece component to him from a defensive coordinator standpoint that needs to be utilized. If you can have him on the field with Randy Gregory and Baron Browning, that's a beautiful combination because you can swap pieces around who's dropping, who's rushing, who even knows kind of thing. That's an awesome tool to have at your disposal. 
we got to get him going in the right direction, and there's still work to be done before he's ready for that kind of action. Mm. Okay. But I love the kid. I think his skill set's amazing. Too. It's, it's, it's a tricky – how tricky in the NFL is it to learn to do something you really haven't done before? It takes, it takes some time. It takes some time. But even just some of the basics. You know, when I was watching him doing one-on-one pass coverage, hey, man, the, running, the, the, the wide receiver's not going to tell you where he's going, so you might want to look at him because it's man coverage and you're looking at the quarterback. But he's just been such a big pass rusher his whole life, and now he's being asked to do some different stuff. If I said, D-Mac, that's your man, yeah. you probably would look at him. Yeah. You probably wouldn't look back at the quarterback because yeah. the quarterback doesn't tell you where he's going. I'd probably be a little scared. Well, probably. Yeah. But some of the basics, man. Eyes on your luggage, like they tell you at the airport. Okay. I like him, too. The guy's 6'5". Yeah. He moves like the wind. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a freak. He's athletic. He looks good. But not Micah Parsons. Uh, that's very lofty, lofty praise. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think that's quite warranted or earned yet. Overall, good day, though. Definitely, definitely a good day. Definitely going the right direction. Tomorrow's going to be a little bit more pedestrian, um, I would think. Now, this is they what... They can put pads on. They could if they wanted to. This is where the trick comes in. Can You know, do the coaches decide to go with pads? What do you think? Just to give them the toughness. And so, okay, you had a great day yesterday. Now, show it to me again. Give me great you know, effort you again. You we're only two days away from the game? Yeah. You'd be fine with that? It, it could be a shorter practice. We could take them off after a little bit. But I need to see Ooh. you show up like you showed up yesterday. Show me that level again. We, we wear pads through nine on seven, and we take them off. Would tomorrow be a good day to surprise the fellas, because they may think we're just going to cruise through tomorrow, because we did have such a good day today. Right. Like they're smelling themselves. This, this is what I'm saying. It's a little, one of those little coaching tricks of you got to be ready all the time. And just because you had one good day, it's not good enough. I need two good days. I need three good days in a row. Processing the results. Boom. The hammer and the nail. Follow the process. We'll get the results. How are the Rockies going to do tonight? Are they playing anybody? They play major. See how they lost last night? I did not. Anybody can? This is last night. Rockies trailing 9-7. They had a four-run. Oh, this is today? The game already happened? No, yep. oh, I don't even know how. Oh, man, I'm in for a treat. Let's let's figure out how the Rockies did. Rockies trailing 9-7. They had a four-run sixth to take a 7-6 lead. And Castro goes down, and the ball game ends with the Diamondbacks over the Rockies, 9-7. to seven. Oh, boy. What the hell did you have me play that for? That was terrible. No, yeah, just, what are, just a reminder, what are Rockies are hitting? They so. blew a two-run lead in the ninth inning yesterday, and today they just... Stuff. I feel I sorry for Drew Goodman a lot of the time. <laughs> I feel bad for Drew, too. Yeah. Drew's such a good dude. Mm-hmm. They're all good dudes. Jenny, my guy Stout. They're all good guys yeah. and gals. Mm-hmm. Huey. All of them. Spilly. Sully. All the E's. <laughs> all the E's. Just suffering through the year. All right, listen, there's Ke- Cecil. Who are you yelling at? Who are you yelling at tonight? Give me somebody. Who are you yelling at? He's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. Well, listen, we're going to find out and just, we're going to, oh, he's got somebody good to yell at. I bet you wouldn't yell at him to his face, though, but he'll yell at him on the radio in just a couple minutes. See, you got to stick around and figure it out. That's next here on the the fan. See ya. Good stuff, man.